0: You're listening to The LaunchCast, the podcast about leadership, business, life, and growth with me, your host, George Andriopoulos.
1: It's like food for your ears.
2: At this time, I'm going to ask that you fasten your seatbelts. Launch sequence.
1: Launch sequence activated.
2: Launch sequence activated.
1: Five, four, three,
3: two, one.
0: Hey, hey everybody! Welcome to the Launchcast. The storm is coming, but I'm prepared. 52 episodes, Goosebumps. You can't see them, but they're there. Episode 207. This one's called Sanity is Definitely Overrated. You're gonna find out why in just a few minutes. We got to go through the whole thing. I don't think my headphones are hooked up right. Everything's going wrong. There we go. It's the Launch Dad himself bringing you your favorite podcast on the planet. It's true. It's damn true. Right now, as the beat drops.
3: Into the Black Hole.
0: Everything is going wrong here. What is happening, guys? Thank you for joining me for another episode of the LaunchCast. It's episode 207. 52 episodes in. I made a mistake last week. I think I said 45. I don't know where I got that number from. 52 episodes in since season one. It's the seventh episode of season two, and we're rolling. So first of all, I want to thank everybody for uh, last week's episode. Last week, we uh, interviewed Lisa Mateo. So I'm recording right now on a Wednesday. This episode came out this past Monday, two days ago. This is to date our highest rated premiere and on track to be our highest downloaded episode ever, ever, ever. The feedback that we got on social media was insane. Lisa Mateo, of course, a journalist for, uh, CBS News, she was on PIX11 for 18 years, and and just an incredible, incredible interview. Uh, if you guys haven't gotten a chance to listen to that, please go back and check out episode 206. It's called Let's Go to Lisa Live at the Scene. Um, man, she brought some some honesty to that episode, uh, talked about some, some trauma, um, and, and honestly, I really think that it was such a helpful episode based on feedback that we got from not only our listeners but fans of lisa's that that have become now LaunchCast listeners um incredible feedback on on her story and how much it helped them to to hear it and and the honesty that she brought to the table so so thank you to lisa for that um and thank you to our new listeners because we have like a whole new listener base now which is so so cool but we're here for a different reason we're here for our friends from Sanity is Overrated, one of my favorite podcasts. And I and I'm gonna talk about this in a little while because I am I, I'm technically a super fan. I think. I think. But I'm gonna ask Jen and Rob. So let me bring these two up. Let me unmute them and bring them up. Hopefully, no more technical glitches here. There we go. There we go. Those two
1: beautiful hey. faces. <laughs> Hello.
0: Hello, Jen and Rob. Thanks so much for joining me.
1: Well, Glad I'm not really here. quite sure what we're, what we're doing here after you had Lisa Mateo. I mean, <laughs> you're going from high, just right down back to low.
4: No. So I am. I, totally. I, I, I feel fine with it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're here for it. I'm a yeah, fan. I, I,
4: I, I'm not rating myself at all. Uh, Lisa Mateo is probably great. Uh, don't watch the news. So uh, there we go.
0: <laughs> I I am a true Finn, I, thought
4: I, was, love- I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought she. I when you said for a second, I thought it was Drea De Matteo from The Sopranos. So, but that's wrong. So, Drea sorry De about Mateo. that.
0: Drea De Matteo was my customer back in the pharmacy industry a million years ago. Her family was from Whitestone, and that's where I worked for many years of my career. So, great. What family-
4: did she, she What was on her uh, her list of pharmaceuticals?
0: Come on, you
4: can't, you can't tell though.
1: Come
0: on. <laughs> Is this what he's like on the show too?
1: Yes. All the time, I just go with it. I just let him make an ass out of himself. This is That's why you guys up, pick man. on.
0: Him. I was going to ask you why do you guys pick on Rob so much, but I, I think I'm I'm totally getting it.
1: No, we don't. We don't pick on Rob at all. We love Rob so deeply. I called him my lobster in our last episode, Love Language, that we recorded wow. on the Stereo app. With the claws. Uh, the yeah, with the claws, we, we mate for life. We're tank. we're in yeah. it. We're in it to win it. <laughs>
0: Let me tell everybody who you are because they they think we're just nuts right now. So Jennifer Muccioli, she is a story producer and a reality TV fan in that order. When she's not podcasting, she is the communications director in corporate America. Jennifer has worked across her firm's global network profiling leaders and their stories both on camera and as a video producer and off camera as a social media lead. Um, this 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 lady right here is, is incredible she is so talented I, there's so many more things on here I want to talk about uh, Athena Long Island she is a longtime member of Athena Long Island a chapter of the internationally recognized Athena International organization and she has held the role of video producer profiling the journeys and stories of women. Leaders nominated for the prestigious Athena Leadership and Athena Young Professional Award. Uh, over the course of her career, Jennifer has served as a keynote speaker, guest producer, guest lecturer for nationally recognized organizations and events. Uh, the board of Northport High School Academy of Finance. Like, it, it never ends here. And the proprietor of Sweet Baby James Bakery that makes the best Christmas crack in the world. <laughs> And by the way, I just remembered that I have in the back of my fridge a couple of more of those uh, those jammies that you dip, uh, what were they called? Um, on the popsicle stick that you dip it in your... The hot uh,
1: cocoa bombs. Hot cocoa bombs. Yeah, the hot yeah. cocoa stick.
0: I have yeah. two left. I have two left. That's Jen. Now, Rob... Well, Rob, I'll,
4: uh, I'll see you guys later. That was great, Jen. <laughs>
0: Rob <laughs> McAfee. Rob that. McCaffrey, the very impetuous man on the right, is a singer, actor, podcaster, and native Long Islander. Rob's theater credits include The Full Monty, My Fair Lady, Motown, the musical national tour, The Sound of Music, and so, so much more. He currently co-hosts Sanity is Overrated with his partners, Jen and Laurel. Sanity now. Now, this is, this is what we're here for, Sanity. Have you heard the one where the communications director, social media manager, and actor walk into a bar and, well... That's exactly what happens here. After being classmates as kids, Jennifer, Rob, and Laurel uh, reconnect after 15 years of not seeing each other. The result is a hilarious journey through navigating life, love, and the pursuit of happiness, otherwise known as the American dream. Join Rob, Jen, and Laurel twice a month as they bring you stories of their ups and downs with healthy living, parenting, fitness, relationships, anxiety. They talk about it all, and they snack all the time and drink too, probably right oh yeah and we'll tell you where to oh, find yeah. them later i'll tell you right now they're on uh spotify apple podcast iHeartRadio, all of those places um we're gonna we're gonna uh, put their instagram twitter tags their their download links all in the show notes later so we'll get to that um now i want to say first that you guys are no strangers to the launchcast. Jen was my co-host for one of the best interviews that has ever come out of the show with Carol Silva, uh, which turned into a two-part episode, Uh, episodes uh, 105 and 106, A Christmas Carol. Um, That was so much fun. That was so much fun to do with you. And both Jen and Rob appeared on brief segments on episode 116, We All Live in a Mellow Quarantine. So they are no strangers to this show, but I'm so glad that we get to showcase you guys and this five minute bio is over and we could finally start talking.
1: I was wondering <laughs> when that was gonna end. That's quite a resume we have, Rob. We should really pat ourselves on the back.
0: Seriously, we don't even
4: we don't even talk that much about ourselves on our show. So I think uh, <laughs> Well,
0: yeah. that's what this is about, right? I, I want people first of all, I want people to know that this show is Really, really good. We're going to dive into the show a little bit later in the interview. Um, but you guys don't, you know, you get into yourselves a little bit. You did all your, your solo episodes recently where learn about Rob, learn about Jen, learn about Laurel. Um, but I want to learn more. I want people to know. I know you guys personally. I want people to know more about the host because this is a really good show and I want people to to listen to it. All right. Bring it bring it up. I'm here. So let's do the yeah, serious okay. stuff first. Serious stuff right. first, and I'll start with serious, Jen. This, we'll is, this is the this is the stuff we start with on every episode. This is a leadership show, right? So we're gonna talk a little bit about leadership and get to leadership in podcasting. Jen, are you a mm. leader?
1: Yeah, for sure. I would consider myself a leader. Uh I'm a I'm a student of leadership every day. Um, and I do consider myself a leader both at work and on the podcast.
4: Yeah, Rob, what about you, buddy? Um, leadership. I thought about this a lot. Um, and I'll have to say that I do have leadership skills, not necessarily in like a general going into war and leading an army, but more as somebody who leads by, uh, by teaching or, um, by experience. So I I like to do that. That's my leadership skills, not necessarily a general,
0: a teacher, a mentor. So what is what does leadership mean to you guys uh in terms of this podcast here?
1: In terms of sanity?
0: Sanity, yeah.
1: Yeah. So sanity was started out of the reality that we make mistakes and um striving for perfection is so overrated. And we're at a, a very crazy time in our in our um in the american history both socially and economically and politically and we wanted a place where people could feel comfortable that there are three people who come from three very different walks of life but we're tackling the same issues and you would not pick us out of a lineup to be friends with one another. But the struggles that we're going through are very, very similar. And we all come at it from different perspectives. And so Sanity was born to give people that comfort that they're not alone. There are people just like them going through uh, issues of severe magnitude. And um, no matter how you approach it, we wanted to start that dialogue just to let people know. Uh, that that someone is on their side
0: yeah rob so so you came into this uh uh slightly after the the start of sanity is overrated We're, we'll get into that a little bit later but in terms of what jen just uh talked about it, as far as the goal of the podcast how do you feel that you fed you fit into that when you jumped in um i didn't
4: oh i didn't feel like i i i did at first but um it 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 was something that i always wanted to try and 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 Jen gave me the opportunity, and and I at that point was was into saying yes to anything. Uh, I I'd always strive for greatness, and you know I'm not ready. I'm not ready. It's not ready. I can now. In the last couple of years, I'm like, eh, I'll figure it out as I go along, but I have to keep assessing how I'm doing. So I I figured, let me come in, see what happens. Um, see how we gel and it worked. You know, Jen, myself and Laurel, we have a good little thing going. Um, you know, we saw it on the first episode uh at the at the old studio. So I I, you know I came in just to kind of play around with them and, you know, when I was making drinks, correct? And um and we just really hit it off again. So um, what was the question?
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> how do you, know you fit anymore. in? <laughs> how do I fit in? Um,
4: you know, I mean, do, do He's have silent. I silent? Well, I mean, have I ever you know, like how do I fit in? I mean, how I have I ever fit in? I mean, I was thinking about this recently. I mean, you know, I'm I'm pretty much a loner. I, I go from show to show to show. Um as far as theater's concerned. Um, so I, I don't I I you know Walk to the beat of my own drum, and um, whatever, whatever, like the the whatever, like in the Venn diagram that me, myself, and Jen and Laurel, you know, meld like that's what it is. I, I don't know what that is just yet. Um, it's been a year. Um, you know, I, I it's me and two women who have a uh, you know careers and children, and I am a perpetual bachelor who does theater. And is still trying to make it happen um, consistently.
0: Yeah. Love it. Love it. And we're going to get into all that. I, I want to sort of do what we do here on the LaunchCast, even though this is going to be a little bit of a different interview, because uh, we're going to focus mostly on the podcast towards the latter half. But I, I want to get into the stories a little bit, right? So so people can learn about you. So let me start with Jen. Rob, you can go take a nap if you want real quick.
2: <laughs> it's going
5: to be a long time before <laughs> out.
0: so so we all grew up here in the dale here in farmingdale new york in the heart of long island um some of us part products of farmingdale schools other catholic schools in the area um so jen i want to start with you tell me tell me about young jen i I know jen now i know jen for the last what geez how long do we know each other maybe like seven, seven seven years or so
1: at least yeah right. at least something, something
0: like that yeah so tell me about young jen growing up in farmingdale
1: yeah so um young jen grew up in california just uh, a little so, <laughs> side message so yeah. young jen that
0: grew up in farmingdale is elsewhere so i'll bring her up right. next time yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: young young jen um if we want to go way back young jen was born around the block from where old jen lives now um but uh when I was young, I, I moved out to California um, and really bit into that theater bug. Um, And that's how Rob and I initially connected when we were in middle school and my family moved back here to, to Farmingdale. Um, And it was, it was in the theater where I found my voice and it was through being able to transform into different characters and um, take on their personas that I I allowed myself to be vulnerable and really get into who they were and what they were experiencing and um, be able to convey that through uh, song and through characters on the stage. And so I, I felt that passion very deep down in my soul. And I carried that through uh, high school where I was um, not picked for every single audition I ever went on. Um, And so I suppressed a lot of that um, into that. And I transformed that into you're not good enough. So then I became that persona, you're not good enough. And I traveled for the next decade of my life, um, constantly beating to the drum of you're not good enough, which, which made me push myself to the limits, both with school and with anything that I, that i touched i had to be the best i had to be perfect which led to another decade of just never meeting my own expectations so it wasn't until um a a life event in my life that i had to take a step back and say um you are good enough and allow myself to be in a place where I was accepting of who I was and um, I was willing to admit that I make mistakes and I don't need to have all the answers and it's okay that I can push back on somebody and say no. Um, I don't always have to be the one at the head of the class raising my hand, volunteering for the opportunity, raising the most money being the class president, being promoted at my jobs, but I could just be comfortable in my own skin. And that led me to create the podcast.
0: Yeah. So uh, I want to know, man, you covered a lot there. So I want to know, um, you know, once you started sort of coming into your own, and I know you've talked about um, uh, performing a lot, you know, when, when, you were younger and, and having such a strong passion for that. Did you have um, back then any kind of sense of what life would turn out to be in terms of of a profession? Like, what did you want to do back then?
1: What I wanted to do was be on Broadway, um, which is why I admire and am and, and constantly inspired by Rob, because Rob has been able to take the dream and the passion that I had and make it his life's work and and not only has he been able to do that but he does that well and he does that and he just makes it look so easy but i come from a a family that didn't accept that that it wasn't the answer for me it wasn't my path that they chose for me Um, so on the other side of admiration and inspiration by rob there's jealousy that I wasn't able to travel down that path, which is which, you know, I think had I had I had the opportunity to do it all over again, I actually don't know if I would be on Broadway. I one would hope, but I'll tell you this much I sing at every chance I get to my kids. They tell me to shut up, and I sing in the shower, and I sing in the car, and I sing like no one's watching, um, and I'm and I'm good with that. I'm cool with that.
0: I remember a moment uh, we we were having a meeting in my office. At some, maybe we were just having lunch in my office. I don't remember what it was. A couple of years back, somehow it came up th- this whole theater nerd thing, right? and I told you that I was uh, a, a total closet theater nerd. And some, we, I'm pretty sure we broke out into some rent song in my office, right? <laughs> um, you know, it's funny that, uh, not funny, but it, it, it's crazy hearing so much about um, a, a person, a person when they're so introspective and, and really they're, they're being honest about themselves. When, when I first met you, that first year getting to know you, um, in terms of what you do for a living, your knowledge base in what you do, I was like, man, she is like powerhouse. Like I, I remember saying uh to, to my wife uh that Jen's like a genius, complete business genius. Um and then, you know, I, I would always see the, these moments, and I wanted to get into this where it, it and I think this is why we clicked. Um, you reminded me so much of the way i am with with creative outlets right like jen was always trying to do something oh there was always some kind of like side hustle to to get out that creativity right whether it was um you know you you did your couponing thing you you did the um uh, uh, uh the, the bakery the the um you know we we did tedx together um all this stuff you're you're always trying to to get that creative outlet uh out there and i i i I'm akin to that. Like, I love that because that's how I am. People always tell me that I'm just always, you know, all over the place. I'm trying to do so much, but it's, there's a creativity that just it's inside and it it won't stop, right? Like there's something that just says, you got to keep going. You got to do something else that, that, that fulfills you creatively. What, what is that like for you?
1: Well, thank you for the compliment. I really appreciate that. Um, it's like a jitterbug that's inside your head that you just can't quiet down when you are a highly creative person, which I, I feel like I am, there's always a pad and pen that has to be nearby because there's always a thought in my head that has to get out. Um, now normally I would blurt it out and, uh, think, uh, speak to think, but I've learned over the years that that's not always the best route to go down. So, What it's like is um, it's writing in my journal a whole lot about my ideas because you're right. I always have an idea about something I want to do, make, try, see, be, surround myself with. Um, And then it's about going out there and getting those experiences that almost satiate that desire and that, that spirit of creativity. So surrounding myself with people that are like-minded and totally different-minded than i so that we can have that good debate or we can create something together or there's a piece to the puzzle that that i can't quite figure out which is why great people like rob and laurel come along because they complete the puzzle yeah even though that's a saying that rob and i hate you complete me it's together we sort of we make that work
0: yeah. No, I love that. You know, uh, I just had a conversation with somebody yesterday where they said that nothing, uh, nothing good ever gets done. No progress ever gets made unless you really push and, and it's hard for you, you know. And and so, um, you know, in those those spouts of, of creativity, when they come out and they just sort of vomit onto a, a piece of paper and you don't know what what it's going to turn out like, you, they're, they're tough to 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 get them to come to fruition but but when they work man uh i mean i'll you and i have worked on a couple of things together we and this came up earlier today which was total coincidence but we did that john gordon project uh -hmm. four years ago which was so so much fun jen um was able to secure the author john gordon for a project for our our kids' uh, elementary school, and we we brought him into my office uh, with with the principal and assistant principal, and we did a, a, a whole interview series with him that got shown to the kids. Oh my God, that was so much fun to do. And then TEDx Farmingdale, um, and, and what you said about like-minded and different-minded. This is this to me. Having now gone through this, I have produced three TEDx shows. To date, two TEDx Farmingdale's and co-produced a TEDx Women event uh, in Deer Park, um, and that that TEDx Farmingdale event for me was transformational. Um, and what I loved about it, as the two creative minds behind it, you and I, was that we fought the whole way. Like it was not easy. Yeah, like we loved each other and hated each other and were annoyed at each other. And damn it, did was that a good show? My God, like that was just incredible and this is what i say about you know your your ability man like that show could not have happened without you that was just like what that was one of the best moments professionally of my life like seriously um and it led to so much growth you know but yeah you're you're a you're a talented person you really really are such a such a talented person um all right let's sidebar let's move to rob 'Cause Rob has his own story. Rob, I it's funny, this came up when when you were on that one episode of the launchcast. I have vague memories of you through childhood. And I right. thought that we went to elementary school. I was positive that we went to elementary school together. And then when we were doing that interview, you were like, No, I didn't go to East
4: Memorial. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. I didn't go there. I was uh I was a Catholic school kid and then my parents realized that it really wasn't doing me any good over <laughs> there. So uh they they uh they took me out and uh you know I found a little bit more room to breathe in in public school system in Farmingdale which which was really good because you know had it had some more opportunities for you know my brand of talent you know and um and it was interesting because I really felt stifled at Catholic school and you know you know your parents send you there because that's what they wanted and that was their um upbringing but when you realize that it just wasn't you know, it it, it seemed to them like it was what your family could do for the diocese or your family could do for the school that, um, you know, it, it, you know, you, you, you got more opportunities that way. And I just kept falling through the cracks. Um, But I found it it was like a breath of fresh air to get into the, um, into that program, uh, get, sorry, get into the, go to public school after uh, a Catholic school, because I, you know, I joined the chorus and then like we did a show when I did one show and then they were like, hey, you should do the summer program where I met Jen and I, I found theater that way. And through that I did community theater and um, I did all the shows at um, in the high school as a play crafter, um, which you know, has a you know a lot of great people have come out of there, which is fantastic. You know, like Rob Bartlett or uh, or Danny Dominich are two you know friends of mine. Um, and then, you know, when I when I went when, you know I didn't know anything about going to school here. I'm the first one to go to a four year college. My family, on I mean everybody, everybody's uh, a New York City police officer. So you know, their idea of success has to do with um, being secure. And, be, you, know, you know, you're know never going to be rich, you're never going to be poor, but you're never going to, you know, starve. And you're always going to have, uh you know, you're always going to have your, your health care and and your 401k and all that stuff. And, you know, I didn't know anything about that. I just wanted to perform. So I, I ended up going to the Hart School, uh, the Hart School of Music at the Univers- University of Hartford uh, for theater. And, you know, it was great because I showed up there and I had no fear. But the one thing that's a problem with, um, with programs is that they, they tend to build you up or break you down to build you back up again. They they teach you how to work artistically, but they don't really teach you how to work um, on the business end of things. So you come to New York and you're just thrown into the, you know, thrown to the the wolves there in New York. And it, it, it was hard. It's always a struggle. It's been a struggle for a long time. And I didn't necessarily know how, necessarily how to know how to, I didn't necessarily know how to work. I, I just figured I would just be, I was a star in college and I came out of college and I, it, it, I don't know if, if the, if the, you know, things shifted in the business, but they weren't looking for me. So, um, and I appreciate Jen for saying that, you know, I, I've made it my, my career and it's, it's the love of it, but it's also been a, a long road and it's been a lot of reassessing.
0: So, um, well, let me let me backtrack there. Let me backtrack there for a minute, because uh, I'm so curious to see what. So what at what age did you know, like this was it, you know, like, did you did you come out of high school or out of junior high school knowing that this is what you wanted to do?
4: I I actually wanted to be a music teacher at first, but then the more I thought about it, um you know, they said they, they, I was looking at a lot of music theater, uh, music programs to be a music teacher. But the more I thought about it, the more I didn't want to teach, I wanted to perform. So I, you know, I found somebody who, uh, I had a voice teacher back then who said, well, they have all these programs. So I said, okay, so I, and that was the thing, I did it all on my own. I, I didn't know about you know, going to visit the colleges or anything like that. So we, my father, me and my mother, we just, you know, through caution to the wind, I, I did a bunch of uh, college entrance exams and all that stuff and and uh, applications, and I threw them out. And I had, you know, I had two that I went to. I went to Ithaca and I went to uh, Hartford, and I got into Hartford and I didn't get to Ithaca, so I went to Hartford. And, um, you know, it turned out to be a, a really cool program. Yeah. yeah so amazing. I would say, your answer your question, um, I, I didn't really know until possibly junior year yeah. that, that I, I knew I wanted to do something, but I didn't know I wanted to make it a career. I didn't actually know that I could make it a career.
0: So uh, I'm curious, you talked about your family a little bit, you know, family of, of police officers and, and, yeah. you know, growing up on long Island, I know what that life uh, is like and what that expectation is. Um, what kind of feedback, what kind of support or or even pushback did you get from, from peers? you know from from going forward i i know that you know going to the same school and and you're you're only a year older than me so um i remember you know the play crafters and and um you know that whole scene and i remember when we we were growing up it's a totally different thing than than what it is now right Yeah. um so accepted now so like part of a part of the culture there at that school i'm excited because my daughter will be in that school in another <laughs> shit, two years, uh, one, one year uh, after next year, she'll right. be in that school. And this is her thing, right? Like she wants to do that. So I'm excited for her that, you know, she's not going to to feel what some of the people felt back then. She's not going to feel mm-hmm. like an outcast, you know? Um, but I remember back then how tough it was. And I was, I was one of those guys that was just friends with, everybody in our grade uh, so many close friends that were you know playcrafters and and had a tough time they had a tough time uh, back then
4: i would say so um you know look uh you know yes things have changed times have changed you know bullying still happens and uh and and i think that i think that there was a part of us that that we felt like a like a band of pirates you know i still talk to some of the guys and you know, I, I don't, I don't really have any ill will towards people who, um, didn't accept it. Uh, I've, I found as time went on, you know, with the, you know, advent of social media, you'll get in touch with people or, you, you know, or you'll, you'll, you'll see how their lives are going and they have families and, you know, this person's doing this and this person's a doctor, lawyer. Um, but then like you end up go into the, uh, the reunion and you end up, talking to people who have grown up and they've, they've said, you know, Hey, you know, I really admire what you've done. And I, I, I I always wanted to do it, but I never had the, the, um, the wherewithal to do it. I didn't have, I was worried that, that somebody might make fun of me or, you know, I'd be bullied. And I, I'm, I'm, I always admired what you did. And I always said, Paul, I, I appreciate that. I, I, I'm sorry that you didn't have, you know, you didn't have the, the courage to do it. Um, but it, it 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 wasn't easy. I, I, I actually feel I felt a little bit more invisible than anything else. You know, I don't necessarily feel like people were like pushing me into lockers or anything like that. But I, I do I do remember being just invisible. And I remember always wanting to fit in. And I remember every year, you know, every like, September, you get your, your clothing, you get your new school clothes and you dress up for the first day of school. And I remember every year just going, this is going to be the year that they see me and they never did. Yeah. And, and, and that, and you know, like that on you as a kid that stays with you for a very long time. And um, it's only recently, you know, last couple of years that I've kicked that, that needing approval to, to exist, needing approval to, to, you know to to create and needing needing somebody's approval to uh to be who I want to be
0: to be well, myself I, i'm i'm curious um because i'm i'm with jen here right like i'm curious to hear what it what it feels like to hear something like what jen said to you before about her being jealous uh, of what you do to a degree because i i'm totally with jen here like this was something that i don't think i i had the the passion that you guys did um in my youth i definitely was somebody who who looked at performing was like i, I would love to do that right um and i did the whole thing man. You t- you're looking at mug three from miss lindsley's give my regards to broadway 1993 <laughs> my friend this is mug three um but god you know,
4: god i mean you know miss lindsley yeah like, incredible impressive. force.
0: yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, it, it's something that when, when reality set in that that wasn't a feasible um, choice to make going forward, you just kind of left it there. But now, right, to hear somebody like Jen saying that that she's jealous of that, and, and to, I am too, man. Like, honestly, and I think we're all enlightened people here, and enlightened people don't measure yeah. things by security or, or 401ks or, or whatever, right? Um, enlightened people measure things by happiness. That's success, to us. And so what is something I admire about you and I have it in my notes here your the lifestyle of a performer. I've heard you talk about this personally. I've heard you talk about this on sanity. You embrace it. And I I love that. It's so authentic that you embrace it, that you get like, Hey, there's no show right now. You know, I got a bartender. I got to do what I got to do until the next show. And then back to my passion, right? Like, right. uh, It's so authentic that you do that. You know, and so I, I just want to I want to see what it feels like to sort of hear somebody like Jen say that to you.
4: Well, I it, it felt very good and I appreciate that, Jen. I, uh, you know, I I'm not good at receiving compliments. I'm really not um, at all. And she knows that. So I'm feeling very, you know, I'm blushing right now. And, uh, i you know, it it's. It's 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 hard because you have to hustle. you it's it's a constant hustle. And um and I'm and you know, I was tired of the the New York hustle, so it's great that I got to be back here with my family. I mean, you know, like being on tour and then, you know, you, you, you gotta keep an apartment and then you know you have roommates and, and uh and people staying in your place and sublets. And then I was like, I don't wanna do that anymore. And my family was like, come home. And I did. And I have a good base of operation. Um, if I hadn't come back here, I don't think I'd be working with Jen right now. So things happen for a reason. Right. Um, And, um, but you know, now it's like, how do you, you know, I, I I did a lot of throwing stuff up against the wall and seeing what happens. Um, and now things have to be a little more calculated in the sense that like, you know, all right, well, I want to get to this point in my career. What are the things I need to do? What is that when I like, you know, I can't sit around and be like, you know, I just have no motivation anymore because motivation doesn't exist. You know, you can have inspiration, but you also have to have discipline. Discipline is the key word Uh, for me. It's it's discipline. It's going going to the audition, you know, getting getting the audition from my agent, learning the sides, working with a coach, you know, tweaking the the things not going in there, using using what you using what you know to control what you can control, because there's a lot of things you can't control. You can't control the business. You can't control what the casting directors want. You can't control what the directors want. You have to go in there and try to be as authentic as possible and um, give what you, what is the essence of you that is real um, to the character that they want. And if they like you, great. If they don't, it probably has nothing to do with your talent. It probably has something to do with, you know, they had just something else in mind. So it's, it's right. So it's a, it's a, it's a constant battle. You, you have to hustle and you have to, you have to like go in and, and you know, reassess. You just have to just keep sharpening that. you got to keep sharpening that knife, which is your talent. Yeah. And that's what your control is over. If you're worried about all the other things, it's going to be too much in your head. And and you're not going to you're not going to go in there and you're not going to be able to show them what you got. You're just constantly going, oh, my God, are they going to like me? You know, are they going to are they going to want me for their role? You know, if they don't like me, they're stupid. That's not what they're thinking about. Um, So, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of mind games, but you have to be like you got to be focused. You got to be you got to be laser focused when you go in there and you have to know what you're doing and you have to show them what you got. Yeah, and that's really, that's really the hustle. I I hope I answered your question. You
0: did, you did. Uh, spe- speaking of stage, before we move on to sanity, um, this was something I, I was I was wondering. And I'm I'm so curious about this. Um, we talk about leadership here, right? When you're on a stage and you are portraying a person of significance, right, on stage that that character, whether it's a character that's a fictional character or based on a a real person, do you feel a sense of responsibility? On that stage to 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 do that character right in terms of um, in terms of leadership, really. I, I know this is this sounds like a stretch, but I, I really don't think it is.
4: All right, um, I I can tell you this. I I feel the responsibility to tell my part of the story, you know. And if and if 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 it's anything about leadership, it's about going in there, making a choice, and going with it. And usually if you do the, you know, like I just played a, a character in the sound of music. I played, I played a Nazi, which is, you know, a total stretch. Although some people <laughs> wouldn't agree with me, <laughs> but, but it is, it's, a total, it's a total, it's a total stretch. But I mean, you know, I, I'm not the lead in the show. I'm just a, uh, I'm just a part of the story and I have to help, you know, tell that story from my point of view. Nobody cares what I had for lunch, you know? But, um, I have to, I have to be there and I have to, I have to be there for the the lead roles for the captain von Trapp and Maria and the kids and, uh, and, and, and whatever that pushback is, you know, what that was, you know, 1940s Austria. Um, I feel a responsibility to go in there, do my job, uh, you know, serve the play, serve the director. And, um, and lead, and lead with and lead with experience and, and lead by example. That's that's part of it. Um, when it comes to other things, like I played, I was on stage playing um, uh, Ed Sullivan when I did Malt Town, and they just put me in a in a uh, in a suit, and the rest I just had to do the impression of it. But um, it was fun, and I got to laugh every night. But you know, it, it was important because that 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 gentleman, that man, was in people's homes every night, and the people who came to the show, came to the show. They watched the Ed Sullivan show. They watched the Ed Sullivan show when when Diana Ross and the Supremes were on there, and when Smokey Robinson was on there, or the Beatles, you know. And uh, and he had he he certainly had some um, quirks that you try and um, that you try and portray on stage, and um, as long as you as long as you're honest with it and you have fun with it. Um, It got a laugh for every night. And uh, I was, I had a lot of fun doing that. That was, that was fun. So I think the essence of what I'm trying to say is, you know, go there, know where you fit in the, um, where you fit in the, in the machine, which is the, which is the show or the play and, and be truthful and do your part. And, you know, don't, don't pull focus. Um, Just, just realize you're there to support, and you're there to tell the truth, and you're there to tell the story, and that's how I feel. You know, I show leadership, even if you're not. You know, your 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 name's not above the the marquee, or you're not the first name on the call sheet. I think it's important, and people see that. Yeah, people see that.
0: Uh, I, I wish I could be a fly on the wall, man, for, for, for your career. It's, it's so cool. I'd love to get into this so much more, but we'll, we'll do that. Another more, day. I'm sure. More, I'm, sure we'll, yeah. that I'm sure we'll, 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 we'll do this again one day. Um, let's go to the show now. Sanity is overrated the podcast for those who juggle it all. Uh, so as I said before, I'm a total fan of this show. Um, uh, I'm, I'm so proud that you guys, um, you know, uh, uh, Started this show in in my studio for the first couple of episodes uh, and then moved on Um, and and I've been a fan since since day one, you know, since, um, you know, uh, uh, spitballing ideas and and watching you guys in your process at the conference table before before uh, an episode uh, record. Um, It's just a it's a fun show. And it's and it's real, particularly in like the latter half of season one and then all of season two when when I really think like you guys always had a stride and a and a connection, but like you're killing it in season two. Really, really killing it. Um so Jen, why don't you tell everybody how this whole thing got started? I know you touched on it a little bit before, but um tell everybody how the podcast got started, the idea and and how it all came together. Sure.
1: Um, Lorella and I really came together as we were working on TEDx Farmingdale. Um, and we were up in the AV booth and we would just have these really great conversations about life, and they were funny and they were witty and sarcastic. And it was like, oh, you know, did we miss another? notification from the school about tie-dye day or, you know, just every day from being parents to being, um, working full time to navigating through the social aspects of our life and how to hang on to friends as, as really almost middle-aged women. Um, and one day we went to dinner and I remember, uh, we were having sushi and we're like, let's, let's do a podcast. Let's just record a podcast. We've got a lot to say. And I bet that there are people out there um, who will want to listen. And subsequent to that, uh, I own a bakery and I was catering an event that was nowhere near my home. It was at a ridiculously lavish, wonderful event space on the North Shore. Um, And I walked in. And who was standing behind the bar but my friend Rob McCaffrey. And I was like, what in the Sam hell is this? (laughs) And it had to be something more than just a chance meeting because there was no uh, there was no viable reason the two of us needed to be in that space. And yet here we were. So um, a couple days later, I, I had this brilliant idea for um, the podcast that we were just about to get ready uh, to start to say, why don't we bring in a bartender, um, very clubhouse, very bravo clubhouse. Watch what happens live with Andy Cohen esque why don't we bring in a bra- why don't we bring in a bartender every episode and we'll have a signature drink? And so I texted Rob blindly and just said, this is a very high level. This is my thinking. Can you meet at this time at this place? Could you bring this, the following things? And he just wrote back, sure. Now, fast forward a year, I'm still texting Rob long text messages of my thoughts. And he writes back, sure. Only for me to realize he doesn't actually read the text. He just says yes, and then shows up, and then says, "Okay, what are we doing?" <laughs> so that night, the night, let me take you back to that night that he was supposed to show up and be the bartender. He came with half <laughs> the ingredients, and you were I'm like,
4: to "Have the other ha- half." Of Do not. Uh, we. How can't are you? It. But Excuse you, me. I you think have I, to, I have
0: the floor. Oh, you could oh, totally crush here, him. by the way. This don't is explicit. Bullshit.
4: <laughs> you were supposed
2: to, defend. don't
4: bullshit. You were supposed to bring something.
1: A bartender always brings his tools. I'm going to leave it right there. fucking bullshit, sis, okay? Jen. <laughs> I do bring my tools. A, bar- a bartender always brings his tools. So he made us this ridiculously disgusting drink. and Well, which it's I finished bullshit. two of, maybe. And I said, why don't you sit down and just shoot the shit with us? And he sat down and we got on this tangent about mealtime and he said, You gotta make like steak pizza or sauce and that is the most
4: <laughs> and I'm, I, like, I'm upset by your Italian rendition. Stick pizza
1: steak <laughs> okay. serious And I said, I'm not I said, I'm never letting this guy out of my sight again. I said, I did it once. I did it once when we went our separate ways when we were little. I'm never letting him out of my sight again. And I said, Rob, will you join the podcast full time? And he said, yes. And it's been a joy ride ever
0: since. This episode is sponsored by the new cohort of the Leadership Experience, Unconventional leadership brought to you by yours truly, the launch dad himself, George Andriopoulos. Our new cohort is starting soon, and not only do we still have the same four courses, that's right, the public thought leadership track, the career leader track, the entrepreneurship track, and of course, the podcast experience, we have our first graduate level, up-level, inimitable, the newest, one-on-one leadership class. This is for not only if you have taken the leadership experience core class before and are ready to graduate to the newest level, but for those that have experienced leadership and want to take it to a new level, Inimitable is for you. I'm not even going to talk about it in this commercial. You're going to have to contact me. Check out theleadershipexp.com for details and to sign up for information. Inimitable is coming at you. DM me for more info. Later, guys yeah, and and the focus originally, I don't remember what the tagline was, but the focus originally was uh, juggling motherhood, right?
1: You know, you you always go back to that. And um, yes, we did have one graphic uh, rendering where it was a mom who was who it was like a stick figure of a mom who had 18 different arms. And in each one of those arms was a different aspect of her life. Um, so, yes, the show's original intent was about parenting and the different perils of parenting and how right. to juggle it all. Um, quickly did we pivot from parenting to just be about really important topics that impact our life. And so we've done a deep dive through season one, um, as we were trying to get our footing, we were hit with a global pandemic and we quickly had to learn how to cope and not only cope, but hold a relationship together that we knew needed to be together, but we weren't exactly sure how, and we weren't exactly sure what, And so we just got on the phone and we talked about what was on our mind. And we, we said, these are check-ins and we recorded these check-ins and we put them on zoom. We launched them on our um, podcast channel and people just kept coming and listening. And then we said, if they're listening, we need to keep talking. And we had no agenda we started every call by saying, what's what's happening in your life? And we just got raw and real and unfiltered. And people just kept saying, you're holding it. To, you're holding us together. Keep going. Keep going. And so that's what we did. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, when when Rob joined, um, I he brought this dichotomy to the group that I I thought was like such a perfect addition. And, and I love that. It was just a fly in the wall to watch that, um, you know, as it happened in real life. And then listening later on, uh, when I would just listen to the episodes and man, like you, you talk about a pivot, but it's really like an evolution. I feel like, you know, you guys quickly found that footing and the, the theme of the podcast and the voice of the podcast quickly evolved and started gelling. And I know you guys worked your asses off, um, to, to just be as authentic as possible and, and, and start talking about stuff that was really important to you guys. Uh, And it was so fun to see the, the, the growth of the relationship. You know, you, you actually, I was, you know, we talk about being jealous of Rob's uh, career. I I was listening to your podcast and I was like jealous of the group dynamic. It made me want something for this show, right? Like I I love what I do here on the launchcast but there's an element of, Having others that that I'm not interviewing, right, to to be able to have a conversation with and just talk about, you know, what's happening, what's what's going on right now, how are you feeling? Um, and and I was I loved what you guys did with that. It, it made me want to bring that element to my show, which didn't didn't really work, um, for my show. But um, talk about talking about the growth, um, season two listening to you guys was just such a huge change. Like you guys came to play and particularly, I remember texting you guys season two, episode two called the answer as anxiety. That's the show to me that was like, fuck game changer. Like this, this podcast is here to stay. Like it was just real. It was a time where, and I think I told you guys in a text message, not all of us could be so brave to, to reveal our, fear and weakness right now in this time because some of us are just holding it together for so many other people and we we, we're not able to and so just listening to people um you know be honest like that in in a time that was just so fucking nuts for everybody like you know uh talk about like losing our minds right um that that episode was the game changer for me so um you know, to talk about just the the growth to to that level and and what that felt like, bringing that sort of you know p- putting the playfulness aside for a minute and just being real.
1: Yeah, I think for sure what you felt is something I think the three of us felt, and our AV director Jeff, who's um, who's our silent hello partner. So he says hello on every episode, but that's about all we get out of him. No. I think- we 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 might get more out of them soon. Soon. <laughs> soon. Spoiler alert. Soon. Um I I think there was a um a moment where we all felt the the podcast shift during season one towards the end. Um, where it became so much more than just a hobby and it became a responsibility. And a a good responsibility because people were listening and they were, they were talking to us and they were telling us what they needed. And we were listening to that and we were, we were doing our level best to continue to be authentic, to bring them things that we were struggling with and conversations that we were having funny conversations or meaningful conversations. And the, the intentional choice to do, the answer is anxiety came about because the three of us all struggle with mental health and mental health isn't talked about enough. It isn't something that people embrace and we need to change that dialogue in this current day, especially checking in on someone to make sure that their mental health is level is critical. And it's the it's the difference between if somebody's going to make it or if they're not going to make it. And so we intentionally made a decision as a group to go deep, which is not something we typically do, to take it to a level where um, we're sort of allowing people to see another layer of our skin. Um, because we know that there are people that that would benefit from the conversation.
4: And, and I think and I think that's OK. I think, um, you know, I think there were a couple of those episodes during COVID when I mean the the, you know, the middle of it when we were just doing Zoom calls that um, I think things I think I got heated one day. I got on Jen, if you remember. I think there was one day where I just, I was at my wits end because yeah. my, now my industry is, is decimated right now. I I don't know when it's coming back. So, you know, I also feel that the podcast came to me at the perfect time because everything was just starting to roll in the business, in, in theater for me, because I had, I had, you know, I had, I had found that discipline to, you know, keep going and, and everything we talked about before about reassessing and working again and going in there and giving, giving your best performance. Um, and I'm glad it came because, and and this is funny, Jen, because I know that you, you know, you admire me for, for my performing and, and being a performer and making it my life. I learned now that Jen teaches me how to be a producer and, I, I never thought about it because I'm all, I was in a industry where somebody would give me a role and I would learn how to do it and I would interpret that. But I've, I've never had the chance to, I, I just, I don't have that, that other, I don't know what you want to call it. I don't have that other uh, outlet. I've never learned how to produce something on my own. And it just felt so, it feels so much better to, to do, to, to, to create something create something out of nothing and to have a conversation about it. And then we'll have a meeting and Jen will say, well, what do you think, Rob? And sometimes I'm like, well, why do you care what I think? Because nobody else cared what I think. I just have to produce, you know, my little role here and my little role there. But now, I mean, I'm, I'm doing research. I am doing research, Jen. I am doing (laughs) research. And, um, and I, and I, I I think about, you know, what, (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I look, you know, it, it's I'm, I'm learning on the fly. I'm learning on the fly. I, no, nobody is as as um, as dedicated to having notes as Jen is. And nobody, and hopefully <laughs> nobody is um, hopefully some of that will will still, you know, permeate my soul because I'm starting to realize that maybe just maybe, you know, you have to you have to do your own thing. And not and and it's found and I and I found that I can't wait for the industry to come back. And when it does come back, I will go back and audition. But I will still make time and be there for every time we we, we go on we go on the air. So I think that I think that I found that not only do I have to do what I you know do do what I love to do with somebody else's vision, but I have to do something that's my own vision or our vision. And um. And I think that I think that has, yeah, I think that um that also being being our true selves and being authentic on on the mic um has has been amazing. I mean that anxiety episode has has that's the one that a lot of my friends who have who have tuned in have checked that one out. And not even that I told them to do it. They that's the one like, oh, I really like that anxiety episode. Like that said a lot to me. Like I felt that one. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, cool. Like it's, uh, it's, it's getting out there. It's permeating. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that was, I don't say a masterpiece, but it was, it was certainly one of the more memorable. It was films. a
0: masterpiece. And it, and it, and it
4: got us closer. It, it really, it, it helped us gel the three of us and Jeff uh, on, on, you know what I mean? The three of us, you know, talking to each other and um, it, it's really, it's really brought a new dynamic to our, uh, our collective
0: Well, that's, that's the beauty of this platform. And you, you guys know this now as podcasters, this is like, you know, I I never got to be a performer. Jen never got to be a performer, but this is, this is a performance space for us, right? Like this is a way to get this voice out. Right. And, and not only that, but you know, I I do public speaking. Jen's a public speaker. This, for me, this is, it's such a, an amazing exercise for finding that authentic voice, fine tuning that authentic voice and just getting better at my craft, getting better at my communication, my, my messaging. And, you know, there's fun parts of it. You know, the, the whole launch dad persona at the beginning of the episode where I get to be loud and do my fun intro and stuff that stick. And that's fun because that's, that's something I want to do for, for five minutes and be able to do something fun like that. But then I get to do what really matters here interviews like this and getting honesty like this. And, and this guy's like people will hear this and it will help them. Somebody out there needs to hear exactly what you're saying. Just like, you know, your anxiety episode. I mean, this is, this is what this whole thing is about. If we're trying to reach people and help people, but we get to do our thing, you know, at the same time we get to perform, we get to have our voices heard. And, you know, Rob, I'm sure you obviously have a, a, tremendous uh, advantage in terms of performance and, and just having your voice out there. But this has to help fine tune the voice, right?
4: It does. And I, and I find that the more I do it, I mean, every, after every show I look at Jen, I go, did I, did I say, um, and ah, a lot? Did I have any of those filler words?
1: She's like, Oh, you're getting better. Ah.
4: <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm usually, I usually, I'm on like the script. And I learned the script you know verbatim but there is no script you know there's there's a there's a there's like bullet points but there's no script So I'm finding it easier to to communicate to express myself I need to slow down and that's one thing I need to do I when I go I speak a mile a minute and my brain just goes you know out there and I have to learn how to, Collect my thoughts and speak a little slower, especially even on here right now. I'm like, am I talking too fast? I'm going to call Jen after this and be like, so how did I do? <laughs> but I think that, that that's, you know, I think that's what we're and, and I think that that's the best thing. Like I'm pulling, I'm pulling things from each people. I'm, I'm pulling things from Laurel. Laurel has a very laid back attitude on that, on the show. And I wish I had that you know, because I always feel like I have to be, you know, my family, if you don't speak, if you don't, you know, talk over somebody else, you're not being heard. Yeah. So, you know, I think that that's, you know, what's that's that, you know, whatever PTSD from being in a big Italian family. So, um, but I have to learn that I'm going to be allowed to say my piece. And also Jenna's going to pull me back too. And she does. So I, I, does. I think, yeah, yeah. We accomplish. she's like, Okay, let's move on. <laughs> and, and, I, and, I, and it's teaching me to self-edit and to 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 get my point across and brevity. Um, and those are things that I really learn how to do. And I, I I think we are learning from each other. Um, yeah. Every show. Would you say so, Dan? I'm going to speak for you.
1: No, I I definitely definitely learn. Um, every episode we do, we get stronger, we get better. And I, I also want, because I know George, this is a, a podcast about leadership. You know, there's a business aspect to podcasting. And so there's, there was a moment where we came together and it was fun and you're gonna get listeners for the first two episodes because you're fun. But the trick is sustainability. And the trick is um, to think of yourself as: How am I curating a show that people are going to want to listen to? Right. Um, and and that takes that takes time and effort and energy and a structure. So all of our shows have a structure. They may not have a script, but they all have a structure, and they all have a story arc. And one of the most important things that I've tried to instill in, in everyone that's on the show is that you're a equal partner. This is not Jen's podcast that Rob, Laurel, and Jeff are on. This is a podcast that you own. And so when you sort of transfer that ownership to Rob and Laurel and Jeff, they have skin in the game. And so decisions are not just made unilaterally decisions are made by, we have a group text and sometimes it's like a a constant back and forth about um, issues that we're debating or things that we're talking about. It is not all all, always this perfect little, little bow. Sometimes we come to the episode with things unresolved and, and we allow that to bloom and develop on the show. Because that's real life. Mm-hmm. We just don't sugarcoat it. Yeah. And so, by allowing everybody to be, to act, and feel like they're an owner, and to be empowered to be their authentic self, I think it's part of the the chemistry that you hear as a listener.
0: Yeah. Oh no, that's leadership 101. on one. I was just having a conversation with somebody on on Clubhouse the other day about this. Um, you know, it was some kind of room that was about uh, entrepreneurship or whatever it was, and that—that's that, the secret to um, having employees. We're not talking about employees here, but having employees that are dedicated to a company is giving them some kind of investment in in, in the product themselves. And so, you guys doing this thing together as a unit and all being invested in it—it's only going to make for for more success for the show. Absolutely. So so and and I wanted to talk about this for for a bit um you know the business side of things that people don't realize that right this is totally totally a business it's so much fun you know doing this and recording these episodes and getting to do interviews and and play around but this is a it's a lot of work doing these things so so for, for you guys how has the podcasting game been in terms of that the the not only the business side but just the admin side the logistics side
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I think that's what Rob was alluding to earlier is he stepped into the role of, of um, co-producer now. Um, so it's hours. It's it's hours and dedication. And it's not just about getting around a microphone, recording, seeing what sticks, and throwing it up there. It's really about you got to look at the pre, peri, and post part of a podcast. How you How you're going to... Um, pull in your listeners and engage your listeners. And there's so many different aspects to that that go so beyond the show that the show is is just one slice of the pie, but it's your social media. It's your connection and your engagement with your following. It's about reaching out to new listeners to, and trying to pull them in with, um, with with show topics, uh, it's about closing that feedback loop, which is why we're on Stereo now, which is a new app um, in the podcast game, because we wanted a way for people to be able to interact with the show as the show was live. Mm-hmm. So it's that great hybrid between doing a live radio show and a recorded podcast such as this. Um, And so we're testing out stereo to see if it's something that we want to stick with. Um, You know, and Rob and I had some good fun and we had people that were chiming in on our last episode. But, you know, you have to think of it like a business. You have to think of it as like, what's your end goal here? And if your end goal is to monetize your podcast, then you have to be ready and be committed to treat it like a business. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and yeah that's what I would say about that
0: yeah you guys are doing phenomenal I, 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 I want to tell everybody out there we're going to put everything in the show notes uh, links to all platforms link to follow uh, everybody including Sanity on social media and the stereo um, usernames as well uh, what is it Sanity Jen and Sanity Rob right Sanity, Sanity.
1: Pod Jen and Sanity, Sanity Pod. Pod Rob
4: on, on that's on stereo
0: on stereo yeah i tried that out it, i i'm still observing i have gotten i've gotten into some really really uh suspicious <laughs> conversations <laughs> on stereo there's some crazy shit that goes on I mean, there it, too
4: it seems like it seems like the wild west there you know i've been playing around with it not with just with jen but with my friend manny uh you know manny Cuelo, right he owns yeah. Yeah, uh, he, yeah, he owns Lithology, and he has a Nostalgia podcast. So, you know, uh, we'll talk a little bit. of. They'll do like a post-show on there, and I'll get on there. And, you know, because I, I think I'm going to be a guest on there quite soon. So, um, Jen, you're just finding out about this. But uh, I'm going to do an episode on, uh, on, a, on a show called uh, – a TV show called – not TV show, a movie called Airborne. It was like one of those movies that were on, like – HBO during the afternoon, and everybody's seen it. It's we're gonna, you know. That's I love talking about that too. That's the other thing. I love pop culture. I love nostalgia, so I I'm gonna be on that too. So yeah, we've been playing around with that, and I don't know what it's going to be. I think they just put it out there, and I they want the they want the the people out there to make to to be the creative side of it and figure out what it is. Kind of just like TikTok, you know. You see, how do they do that on there, you know? So I think that they're, we're trying to, they're, they're, they're putting it out there. It's a platform and we it looks really cool. We can use it.
0: Yeah. It looks really cool. And I, somehow I, I, I woke up briefly at like one in the morning, I think it was last night and then I got a notification that you were live at like one of the, is that, was that you last night or the night before? It
4: was me. Yeah. Manny and I were, were talking about, um, they, they did a, they did an episode on, uh, the, uh, of gangster's paradise. Like they yeah. do song, sometimes they do a song they'll do, or they'll do a, a movie or like commercial or like an opening theme to a TV show and they'll rap on it, him and his friend. Yeah. So then uh, his co-host. So we were just kind of rapping on it too. Um, but it, it's cool. I also like the the fact that we can, you know, talk about each other's podcast and, uh, you know, like uh, cross. what's the word I'm looking for. Uh, cross
0: promote crossover cross promote, yeah. yeah
4: cross promote uh for each other and uh, that's what that's all about i no, there's some, I,
0: I'm there's, some cool, there's some cool platforms out there jen and i were talking about uh, stereo and, we were, and i was telling her about clubhouse as well that's the one that i've been like hooked yeah. on and so we have a segment now which which will be after your interview segment we have a segment every week that's a clubhouse segment we i record uh create a clubhouse room and, and record it, and it's similar to stereo, I, I guess, in a way, but it's not like where people send you recordings. It's all live conversations in a room. It's all drop-in audio chat. There's no text, no nothing like that, so it's pretty cool. You guys should should check it out and get on there, too. It's, uh, it's very, very different, and it is super, super hot right now, so we'll see. Honestly, for, for us, too, doing the segment on there, week one was kind of cool. Week two... We did a whole episode about Clubhouse, but week two we did, after the Lisa Mateo interview, we did a, a segment that was supposed to be like a 20-minute segment. It turned out to be an hour-long room that that right. I hosted, and there was like 15 people in there and and some great, great conversations. But what was cool was, from a podcasting perspective, I had 15 more guests that I, I, I shared some of their stuff in our show notes. They shared the show out, and I'm sure they were a big part of last week's episode being being such a hit for us. So, Yeah we got to do what we got to do as podcasters right um for sure and i think what jen was saying
4: just a piggyback what jen was saying before about you know about producing you know for me it's like i'm learning stuff every day and yes we do we all have an equal say in the show uh, uh, you know and and going back to what we're talking about leadership like what is your role in in the uh in the grand scheme of things you know i find that I'm more of a connector than anything else. You know, if you want to play the, the, with the Malcolm Gladwell, you know, tipping point word, you know, like I feel like I, I have my hand in so many different places. I've been in the restaurant industry. I've been in the theater industry. I know some people, you know, here and there, and I, I can always, you know, I, I'm, I talk to anybody. So sometimes I found that I, I have more of a network than I thought I did, and and using that network, you know, and maybe as a guest or to promote the show or um, or getting more listeners, I uh, I found that that's like a strength that I have to keep honing. You know, would you agree, Jen?
1: I think for all of us, um, I think for all of us, it's a growth. I think we all look back and say, oh, I wish I could do this better. I wish I would have said this. But I think the reality is, is that we're only going to get better over time. Yeah, all of us. And it, consistency. Yeah. Consistency. It's definitely key. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah uh, I, I want to point out a couple of things, and then we'll we'll wrap up. We'll hit the big three. Uh, some of the stuff. Some of the the tiny little things that I love about Sanity. That I I, I hope as a super fan you can sort of see that. Yes, people notice these things. I don't know if this is like a permanent thing. I love when you started doing probably after Rob, um, sang on the show for the first time, whatever, whatever it was, you started doing the outro oh, with no. Rob singing. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like that. That's a very like, uh, that's a, it's a poignant moment in some of the shows. I got it. I'm serious. It's a poignant yeah. moment in some of the shows. Cause it's a cappella and it's, uh, it's it's a nice one. Mo- you know what it reminds me of? Honestly. And and I don't I don't want this to be to be morbid. Um, you ever see when they you're a pop culture guy, right? So Saturday Night Live when yes. Phil Hartman passed away. Phil Hartman yes. passed away, they always play that sketch where it wasn't really a sketch. It was Phil Hartman singing this like goodbye song. It was probably when he oh, left Saturday Night yeah, Live. Yeah, yeah,
6: yeah, I remember and they, that.
0: And it was that's the moment that it reminds me of. It's a very poignant moment you know, in, in the shows, I hope you guys continue that. Cause it's kind of, it's kind of cool. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll do it from time we'll to time.
1: Take, we'll take that under advisement. Yeah. 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 We'll <laughs> do
4: it from time to time. I, uh, you know, I, I just do it on the, on the fly. Sometimes, sometimes Jeff calls me up and he's like, Hey, can you see a couple of bars? And I'm like, Oh man, I gotta, I gotta set up a better way to, <laughs> to record. Like, if, there was one I was just like, Oh God, just t- don't do that again. Um, no, but that's where the perfectionist comes in in me. But sometimes things, you know, we did that musical episode and and th- some things, you know, are right off off the cuff and they sound great. And sometimes they don't. But, you know, that's that's life. Right. That's life. Yeah.
0: Well, that's yeah. life. Jeff. Love Jeff. We all know and love Jeff. The character <laughs> of Jeff, though, is just incredible genius
1: <laughs> jeff is a genius jeff jeff is the real mastermind behind the show don't don't let anybody fool you yeah. Jeff, uh we're gonna get jeff to talk more um jeff has expressed interest in potentially doing a 10 uh 10 questions with jeff episode so Whoa. stay tuned for that um but jeff is is jeff is talented beyond 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 his own limits beyond what he thinks yeah and he is just we are just so grateful to have him he's just such a great dude nobody can have him don't (laughs) poach him from us uh we you know he's ours and we love him and
4: it'll cost Uh, you it'll cost you oh (laughs) yes (laughs) it'll cost this is a business ladies and gentlemen this is what we've been talking about
0: (laughs) i'm not going to talk about robin flux because that's been played out we're not going to go into that whole thing but i do want to say before we go into the big three that i've been saying since the episode the recent episode with chef allison fasano our friend Uh, Mm -hmm. she's been on the launch cast as well I see little hearts and rainbows around Rob and Allison every time you guys talk to each other. I just want to put that out there.
4: We, we're, you know, what I think I think she's wonderful. She's a fantastic chef. We have, you know, and when we just we we click. She's 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 a good she's a good girl. Um, we we do. I haven't talked to her while. she's been so busy. But yeah,
1: she's um, yeah. one on uh, Food Network Supermarket Steakout. Yeah, we we talk awesome this.
4: I, I I adore her, and we've become we've become good friends. I I, I wish I could talk to her more, uh, but you know that's that's how that's how it works. Hearts, I don't know. I mean, hearts like, and yeah, rainbows. I, I, I have a, okay. I have a soft spot
0: for Allison. <laughs> that's all spot. I want to know. Let me let me just imagine. That's all I, I, know. Like, I give you a little tip. I, two yeah. words: Celine Dion. Just play that for her. It'll be oh. over. Yeah, completely. Uh, I'll t- if if you listen to this, um,
4: Allison, uh, just you know, I, I know you're busy, but just you know, answer the text. That's all
0: I ask. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, time for the big three. The big three from the launch cast. The or big, big three. three. The big, big three. three. We are gonna throw gonna some stuff to- out at you guys. Well, I guess we'll. I'll go one at a time with you guys. I'm uh-huh. gonna throw something out there. And you're going to give me your top three quick, concise answer. All right? Okay. Okay. Let's go with Rob first. Rob, three favorite episodes of Sanity is Overrated.
4: Uh, I would say it would be the cereal episode for sure because I ate all the cereal beforehand. Um, <laughs> Obviously, the anxiety episode. And I want to say the musical episode we did a couple of uh, episodes back. Yeah, that was fun. Well oh, I got sandbagged on that one though.
0: <laughs> By the way, Jen, if-
4: don't look at me that way. She's not saying anything. It was supposed to be a joke. Yes, they, 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 they double teamed me on on uh, <laughs> on, the, on the questions, and, uh, and I, I like
3: lost. It. Those nights nice
4: are <laughs>
0: By the way, if I ever get to be lucky enough to guest on your show, I would love to sing some Hamilton with Rob. I'd love to duet with him on your show. That would be incredible. Hey, we
1: we'll, we'll sure
0: lifelong dream of mine. Yes. <laughs> All right, Jen. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're gonna get deep on this one. We're gonna get deep on this one. Give me the three most impactful moments in your life, and I'm gonna I'm I'm talking about in a way. You know, we talk about in the show uh, uh, something called Spark Moments, right? Spark Moments being um, a moment in your life that was so poignant that it led you down a path, good, bad, or indifferent, um, but that created a change in your life. Um.
1: Wowza. So i would i would say the birth of my uh the birth of my daughter olivia and son paulie changed my life mm-hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna group them together um the death of my son james changed my life forever and um the third most impactful time of my life I I think it was I think it was standing on the stage for my senior concert when I was graduating college and looking out into the audience and just singing for them and knowing how much I just loved and adored that moment in my life. And I never wanted it to end.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Um Rob, actually, you yeah. know, I want I want this from one from both of you. Three favorite okay. show tunes. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh,
4: okay. Well, uh, Jen, you go first. No, no, no. <laughs> you
1: go first. You go first. I need a I need a minute to think that through.
4: I mean, uh, if I hear it, I, the ones that I'll listen to all the way. I love Defying Gravity from from Wicked. Um, a classic would have to be. Um, uh, soliloquy from, um, carousel at Rogers and Hammerstein. And, um, uh, there's a musical out there called, um, the bridges of Madison County. And, um, uh, and I think it's called just one second and a million miles. That song is great. I mean, I, I think it's the best Jason Robert Brown, uh, show that he's ever written. I mean, if he just hit it out of the park, um, Jason Robert Brown, who wrote, um, yeah, Songs from New World and Parade and he's kind of inside baseball and musical theater but I think everybody should listen to him for sure
0: Alright Jen you're up Jen's Yeah it would
1: be um, You Will Be Found from Dear Evan Hansen That's a good tune um, Especially watching my my, uh, my daughter navigate her life right now I think that every child needs to hear that and just understand how much how worthy they are um, and how much their life matters um, even though they may not think that themselves Um, i would say um seasons of love from rent the original cast um and and it taught me, that song really taught me how very little moments we have in this life um, and to make the most out of every single moment that I have with somebody that I love very much because in a moment it could be gone um, and I would just say um, Satisfied in Hamilton mm. uh, because I just love what that I just love the connection, um, that they have during that song and, and that passionate sort of love and feeling satisfied and isn't this enough. And it's just something that, um, I value very much. Now, those are more modern, uh, show tunes, but if we want to throw it way, way, way back,
0: go ahead, throw it way, way back. (laughs) Give me one way, way back
1: uh give you one from way way back i mean i gotta love a little on my own andrew lloyd weber les miserables way way back
4: not way not way enough
1: okay uh children will listen from ragtime i love that song uh just yeah just all about children and how they grow up so fast and um what else do I love? I think one that Rob and I will know will know well is we sang in South Pacific together. Yes, Maybe a do. little King and I uh, thrown in there. Yeah.
4: What did we do? What we did like uh, there ain't nothing
1: like a dame.
4: We you, mm-hmm. you, you didn't wash that we man did right did out of my hair, right? When we We're did that. you wash
1: that thing. man right <laughs> out of my hair. <hand. laughs> Oh we also god. did uh bye bye birdie. Bye bye yes. birdie. Yes.
4: We did uh the telephone song.
1: We did. And that you know, know what we did that people Wait. still comment about? What's that? Suddenly see more. <laughs> you remember <laughs> when we did that?
4: Oh my god.
1: I do. me, slide
4: me. My yes.
1: daughter just Oh, you were so good year. at the dentist. It
4: you was, was so, so good. At dentist, dentist. Robert. It was so good. God, if I had a nickel for every time somebody's <laughs> mother told me that, you know, I knew you were going to do this because you were the dentist. Oh my God. With that accent. And it always sounded
0: the same. <laughs>
4: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I love it. All right. Last one guys. Uh, and you can, okay. you can share this one. Uh, three goals for sanity is overrated. The three big goals. Like, what are you trying to do with this thing?
4: oh um you know worldwide takeover
1: world domination
4: world domination um and 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 making it making it a source of our you know our lives you know so it would be you know you do it for fun but of course we talk about doing it for business so certainly finding a way for it to be a uh a vehicle for us you know, and 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 getting out there and helping people and uh, telling people our story and and connecting with the our audience. Would yeah. you, Jen, Jen? help me with this
1: yeah. one. Yeah, goals goals for me for sanity would be to continue to talk until people stop listening. Mm-hmm. You know, continue to just bring people the content and the conversation that they need to hear. Um, allowing people to feel like they are not alone. Um, uh, of course, monetizing and, and getting into all the right platforms. I'd love to be recognized on iHeartRadio's top 100 podcast list. Uh, yeah, we need a blue a-
4: check, Jen. I think we need a blue check.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that would be great if
4: yeah, you have an in maybe. with
1: iHeartRadio um you know and and allowing it to provide us the pathway to bring on great guests we've had uh, a bunch of wonderful guests so far and i feel like in this year too we have another bunch of wonderful guests lined up and it can only go up from here so
0: amazing guys thank you so much for joining me this was an incredible incredible conversation Uh, and first of all thank you for for jumping in to this episode um you know, I know this was a little more last minute than, than I had wanted to have you guys on here, but you saved me this week because motherfuckers always cancel. I hate when people do that. I hate it you know, so much. It, it well, we it were
1: happens. the B plan. Thanks for letting everybody know we were the Stop B plan. Stop it! That's okay.
0: You can tell everybody that you were already. I already spoke to you about being guests on this thing. You just okay. came in a little sooner than than planned. So thank you for that. Thank you for being here, guys. I had a great, great time. Uh, I'm going to throw you in the green room for two minutes thank just so on. I can do an outro, and then we'll talk. All right. Okay. All right. That's good. Much love. Thanks. Damn it, that was a good one. Aren't those good people? Aren't those good people? you got to check out that podcast, guys. Everything's going to be in the show notes. Sanity is overrated. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeart, all of it. Check them out on on Stereo. Check them out on social media. Follow them. They have some great content as well that comes out, and they really let you be a part of the show. I don't let anybody be a part of the show except our guest. I don't want any of your feedback. No, I'm just kidding. Um, All right, let's hop into our Clubhouse segment, and then we'll wrap it up. All right. Time for another clubhouse segment. Here we go. We're bringing it up. I love, I'm loving these segments. First of all, I had so much fun on this interview with sanity is overrated, but, uh, man, I've been getting so much good feedback on, on these clubhouse segments. Um, we're doing some really cool stuff. I'm going to, there we go. Doing some really cool stuff. Um, but uh, I'm going to abu- invite a bunch of people here, all these new people I've connected with, you know, and just see how this room goes. Talk about some leadership. We're going to be talking about public speaking today. I said a, a, a different topic, you know, within the leadership realm, of course, but. Um, going to be public speaking. Hey, we have somebody here, Dexter Kyle. Uh give me one sec, Dexter to finish. I'm going to invite everybody to speak. Here we go. All right, let's uh so guys, I just want to give preface this a little bit. This is an episode of the Launchcast podcast. It's a leadership uh podcast and we do a Clubhouse segment every week, so I want to preface this by saying that uh we do record um, everything in here. So if you're not cool with being recorded, you could totally jump out of the room or hop back into the audience or, or not speak. If you're cool with being recorded, uh, you will be on the newest episode of the launch cast, which goes live next Monday uh, morning. And uh, you guys can share DM me, follow me and share any links that you'd like to share um, in our show notes. And I will post them. Uh, I know SG that's here uh, was one of our Clubhouse members uh, last week and, and we posted her stuff. So welcome back, SG. But let me start with Steve. Steve, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, are you a public speaker? Yeah, hi. Uh, this is actually my,
6: I think my second time actually hopping on this platform. So it's, this is new to me. But I uh, I am doing more public speaking lately because I released a book about five months ago. And so I've had lots of interview and opportunities to do that, but I want to definitely improve on my skills. Uh, but yesterday in particular, I spoke with, directly with Senate and House members. Actually, there were no senators on board, but, but House members uh, advocating for stomach cancer because I've, I'm a stomach cancer survivor of 13 years and had my stomach taken out 13 years ago. So I'm working this all together and just, I'm new to this and I'm just want to get myself out
0: there and, and Practice and learn from you guys. So that's why I'm here. Amazing. Amazing. Thanks, Steve, for hopping on. Yeah, that's incredible. So when we have a platform uh, that's important to us and we need to get out on the stage and, and, uh, you know, talk about these important uh, these important things and tell people about our platforms, about our ideas. Uh, that's what the stage is for. And so, I wanted to start this room today, not only as you know a segment of the launchcast uh, that we're going to be airing, but I wanted to talk about public speaking. I myself am a public speaker. I am a uh, uh, three-time now, three-time as of this Monday, three-time TEDx speaker. I am a also a three-time TEDx organizer. Uh, I keynote all over the country and, um, you know, I really enjoy public speaking and more so than that, I really enjoy, you know, people that I get to help by just being on the stage and, and talking about the things that, that are important to me, my, not only my expertise, but, you know, life experience, things I've learned in life. That's what the whole point to the stage is, man. So, uh, welcome. Thanks for joining. Um, and you know, you can hang out as a, as a speaker up here and any questions you have just flash the mic and we'll, uh. Uh, we'll take questions. All right. So I'll move on now to thank SG. you. Yeah, absolutely, Steve. Uh, SG, SG, thanks for joining again. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Do you do public speaking?
3: Hi, I am Sarah, or better known as SG, and I am a confidence and mindset coach. So I've done my fair share of speaking. I am actually looking at launching my own podcast. And yeah, I'm just, I was on your podcast last week and it was great. I would say that public speaking is really tough no matter where you're coming from, no matter what platform for a lot of people, myself included. And it took a lot of confidence to get up in my first public speaking engagement. And ever since then, this is what makes comedy great. It You don't have to get up in front of an audience, even though you are getting in front of an audience, if that makes any sense at all. But yeah, great platform. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, uh, SG. So yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying there, right? So th- there's a couple of things that you mentioned that really hit home to me. So one is um, this platform of Clubhouse. So those of you that are looking to become speakers, uh, you know, aspiring speakers, learning how to move your platform from whatever it is you do now uh, onto the stage. Uh, a platform like Clubhouse is so, so important, right? Uh, it does a, a number of things for you. Number one is it sort of emulates the same idea of the stage. It puts you in front of a bunch of people that, you know, they're not necessarily um, – uh, in front of you like they would be on the stage, but they're strangers, right? You don't know these people. These are people you've never spoken to or met before for the most part. And you're getting out there and you're giving little bits, little nuggets of, of wisdom depending on what room you're in. And so, you know, as, as a, a precursor to the stage or, or an exercise for getting on the stage and talking about your idea and that, an opportunity like clubhouse is incredible for that. Uh, you know, Steve, you mentioned that you're a, an aspiring speaker. I mean, um, something like this, you know, this platform that you're saying it's the second time that you're on I here. You're uh, I've been on for, for a few weeks now, not too long. Um, and I have found that just being somebody that is coming on here and being of service to others, you know, somebody that can, um, come here and offer some advice uh, to people without any agenda, not trying to sell anything, you know, just starting conversations and and listening to people and making connections. It's really been incredible, you know, and it leads to other stuff. Honestly, like I've, I've uh, you know, I mentioned all the stuff that I, that I do on the stage, but I also own a management consulting firm and I, I do leadership coaching and public speaking coaching. And so this has led to people contacting me, um, and asking me if they could potentially work with me, and I've I've wound up booking a, a couple of clients from from Clubhouse. So it's it's such a cool platform uh, for just meeting people. And if you're here for the right reason, then you know good things happen, right?
6: Yeah, exactly. Well, my peop- many many people have told me that I should do a TEDx, and so and that to me is is like the holy grail for what what I'm looking to do. And what and you've done it three times, you said. So that is just fascinating. I need to, and so I'm just sitting here to figure out how I can refine my story and get it out there and uh and and here I I mean I literally used to have panic attacks 20 years ago when it would when I would have to speak in front of people and and for whatever reason after in the last 10 years after my terrible situation that I had now my anxiety has dropped significantly and not that I'm not nervous but it's just good to understand that everyone goes through something similar like that
0: before speaking but yeah yeah absolutely yeah i'd be happy to to give you any kind of feedback that you're looking for just uh check out my profile follow me and then maybe dm me on instagram it's at launchpad ceo on all platforms and any kind of feedback that you're looking for uh, hopefully i could help you out all right buddy
6: i just followed you so thank
0: you thank you buddy yeah let's move on to Dwayne. Dwayne, what's up buddy tell us what you do uh why you're here what what kind of uh advice you're looking for here
2: Hey, man, I'm doing pretty good over here in Boise, Idaho. Um, I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm a, a a public speaker per se. I've hosted a couple different podcasts. The Art of Flow conversations have been something that's really intrigued me. And, and like the spontaneous speaking, I, I really enjoy being able to to engage in conversations with people that have a different perspective than the one I have currently. And, uh, you know, I, am not sure I'm looking for any advice per se, but I hear a lot of things that turns out like to be big, big, uh, life-changing statements that like one of my first coaches, she said, you should start a blog. And, and, uh, and, and turns out like I've been working on a blog that that was the result of a conversation that she had with me with not even really thinking anything of it, that has been like a huge therapeutic outlet. I'm, I'm an advocate for recovery of alcoholism and addiction. And I, I have spoken in front of audiences before. And, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I want to be able to add as much value to to every person that I've come into contact with and just to be able to do that without without any expectation of ever anything in return so yeah not always the best at that but that's, what, that's the goal
0: Oh, I appreciate that, man, that, uh, you know, coming here and coming to this platform as a person of service is is incredible and we appreciate that. So hopefully we could add some value here with these conversations and, you know, stick around and, and add anything you'd like to, uh, Greg Reed just popped back in guys. Uh, good opportunity here. This is Greg, Dr. Greg S. Reed right here, the man, the myth, the legend. He's the author, uh, uh, three feet from gold and, and a, about a million and a half other books and and he's my friend and he's a public speaker. And uh, Greg, welcome, buddy. Thanks for being here.
5: Absolutely. So it's interesting getting the speakers together. Uh, One of the topics we were going over earlier about getting stages and how you land them and why we keep seeing the same people every single time we pop up on these podcasts or you see them on the internet or you see them on YouTube. And I realized it came down to a simple little four-step process. And I decided to pop on here for five minutes and share it with you. If you're good with it, George, I'll share with what I learned that opened up the doors for me to speak on the stages from the Pentagon to the United Nations.
0: Yeah, please, buddy. Share away.
5: All right. So this is something they don't teach. And I wish they did, and it cost me 130 grand to learn this because I got frustrated. I kept seeing the same people. Every time I see these flyers, you see the same faces. And it came down to the most successful people follow this four steps. Those who follow it succeed in public speaking. Those who don't fail. I know it's a big statement, but you'll understand when I'm done. Step one is they come up with something called a name and a hook. And it's like a fish's mouth that pulls you in and grabs your attention. And so many people just want to talk rather than grab attention. So when I did my first book, it was called The Millionaire Mentor. So let's say I went to a networking event and people said, hey, my name is Bob. I'm a doctor. Who are you? I said, I'm Greg. They call me the millionaire mentor. What? Right? It pulls them in. They'll ask a question. Step two is your elevator speech. But so what people really want to know who you are, what's your message? Why are you an expert and why should I give a shit? This is so important. Who you are, you know, what's your message? Why are you an expert? Why should I care? And I would say, Hey, I'm like the new Zig Ziglar. You know, I teach people to get what you want. You help others get what they want. I became successful doing it. Now I teach others. Hmm, they could do it too. Who am I? Greg the Millionaire Mentor. What's my message? To get what you want, help others. Why should you listen? Because I've been successful doing it. Why should you care? Because I'm going to teach you the same thing. Step three is your essay version. And that's where you show your expertise and action. And I would say, look, let's get this out of the way. I don't work just with millionaires. I mentor inner city gang kids in San Diego. Happened to drive up in a brand new Ferrari. The kids would say, here comes my millionaire mentor became a badge of honor where the president of the United States wrote a letter of commendation and changed my life and my community. And then step four leads to your product, good, or service, which leads me to my book, The Millionaire Mentor, where I'll teach you to do the same in life and business. Look at that. Look how that all that lines up. Imagine calling the local TV show and saying, hey, put me on your morning news. Who are you? I want to help people. That's awesome, but there's no real thing there. But imagine calling up and saying, hey, put me on your next program. Who are you? I'm the millionaire mentor. Well, I want to be a millionaire. <laughs> well, I'm like Zig Ziglar to get what you want. You help others teach what they want, right? I became successful doing it. Now I teach others. I'll teach your audience. They could do it too. Well, I'm sure they all want to be millionaires. Ah, let's get this out of the way. I just don't work with millionaires. I mentor interested city kids here in San Diego. having happen to be successful, blah, 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 which leads me to step four, my book, The Millionaire Mentor. In just five minutes, I'll teach your audience, viewers, exactly how they can do it in life and business. Now I'm an expert. And if you go back and look at everyone that's ever been successful in this industry, that's exactly what they did. But just no one shares it. Les Brown, you got to be hungry. Zig Ziglar, see at the top. Think about this. Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. When it all came down to people followed this. Right now, Grant Cardone and 10X, everyone's following this simple little process. So it's important for us to find what our little four step is, and then we can dominate the marketplace as well.
0: Amazing! I appreciate that nugget, brother. That that that's incredible, <laughs> guys. This is what this platform is all about. This is what this platform is all about. Greg, I just want to ask you one follow up question uh, and, and ask you to share uh, where people can can reach you um, and uh, you know what kind of programs you're offering right now because I know we won't have you for long. But I want to ask you one follow up question: when you're when you're on that stage, right? When you're on that stage, and and these were great tips for getting on that stage. Um, wh- what is your biggest tip? for engaging that audience? It's
5: interesting. So when I go out, let's Brown taught me this, by the way, um, basically the first 90 seconds were the most scared, right? We got the butterflies, we're nervous. So if I went out on stage and I sung happy birthday, happy birthday, to, I wouldn't even think about it. It'd be like on autopilot. So I came up with a happy birthday song that I say 100% percent of the time when I walk on stage and I engage in the audience within four minutes and it works like this. And then I do that bounce. Uh, basically I, I walk out They go, come to the stage is Greg Reed. I never ask the audience how they're doing. I never engage. I just start talking as I'm walking onto the stage. You're going to hear me say this. I had a great mentor. His name is Charlie. Tremendous Joe. And he said that we are the same today as we'll be in five years, except for two things, the people we meet and the books we read. In high school, if you hung around smokers, you're a smoker. If you hung around jocks, you're the jock. Same thing applies today. If you hang around people that are positive and solution searching, that becomes the conversation that plays in your head. On the same note, if you hang around people that complain, gripe, and mun, unfortunately, that's the conversation that plays within your brain. to the time we're gonna have together, I'm gonna share amazing people I've met along my success journey and also some books, some products you should have your own success library. This is the first one I ever did. It's called The Millionaire Mentor. And then I'd say, who would like a free copy? And three hands go up. I give them a book. And then I'd say, here's my other bestseller. And I wave it up. And twenty hands go up, and I give it out. By the time I raise the third book, everyone in the audience' hands goes up. And within minutes, I already have an engaged audience. They're raising their hand saying that they want what I have. And I never one time had a picture.
0: Amazing. Greg, appreciate it, buddy. I'm going to share all your stuff. This this is uh, this is going for a new segment that we're doing on the launchcast. So it'll be a short little segment added to the next episode. I'll I'll share all the links. Uh just tell people where they can reach you, man. Uh just follow me
5: here. And most importantly, I look forward to seeing you, George. I cannot wait till we do a TEDx together. And Steve's on here, a good buddy of mine too. Love this cat. Enjoy. I'll see you guys later. Bye.
6: Later. Thanks, bud. Greg.
0: <laughs> and there he goes again. <laughs> There he goes. Um, yeah. So, a- anybody else? Stormy, Stormy, and Susan, just raise your hands if you want to join us up here. You know, uh, it's great to be an audience member, but I love when people engage on this platform, ask questions. Um, you know, Greg mentioned. So, so Greg, Greg's an interesting cat, right? Greg is a person that embodies what this platform, how you should operate on this platform, right? So, uh, uh, Clubhouse is a platform where if you come on here and you can be of service um and just give advice like that out, uh people will follow, right? I mean, it, it is such an incredible oh, Susan's asking to be a speaker. Awesome. Um people will follow. People will appreciate what you're doing and they they know that you're a person of service. That's how I met Greg Reed, who guys again, if you don't know him, best selling author, like top speaker, one of the top speakers in the country. Uh, I mentioned before that I'm a uh uh, a, a three-time TEDx speaker, but I'm also an executive producer of uh, a TEDx event uh, that we have done uh, two so far. I'm a two-time TEDx uh, organizer for for my event. I'm a co-producer for another event. And so Greg is actually going to be speaking next October, October 9th at our next TEDx event, which is so, so exciting. Um, you know, people people like Greg that come in here, this dude... Can charge a lot of money for advice. Same with my company and what I do. I charge a lot of money for what I do. Um, but you're coming in here and, and you're getting feedback from people like that. And I wish we had a, a little bit more of a full room tonight. I think it's just the middle of a day. We're we're gonna cut it off soon. Um, but yeah, that's what this thing is about. So any other questions, guys? Uh, we can talk public speaking now. Any type of feedback, advice you're looking for, I'm here uh, to answer any questions. And I think this will be a really helpful segment for the Launchcast podcast. So go ahead if you have any questions
7: hey george and Stephen stormy this is sue tk um no real question right now i am i'm on here because i am interested in podcasts and i'm interested in the whole makeup of podcasts so um I This came up on my phone, I had some time, I thought, I am going to drop in and see who's talking, what they have to offer, and uh, I'm now following you, George, and I, um, I'm excited to learn more about this. Uh, my business is called Your Fascination Factor. I love doing public speaking. Right now, I'm only doing it virtually, so that's me. Thank
0: you for asking. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for thanks for joining. So I'll give you I'll give you uh, as much as I can here. So um, podcasting for me. Right. As a, so, so let me give you a little background on, on me first. So I own a management consulting firm and that company has sort of become the umbrella and basis for, for everything else that I do. Management consulting, I basically fix broken businesses, right? Through that, I was able to start a marketing agency. I was able to start a coaching division of my consultancy where we do leadership coaching, um, public speaking coaching. We actually do (laughs) podcasting coaching. We have a podcasting class, um, But when I started the leadership division, I was really, really deep into my public speaking already, you know, being paid to to speak uh, at events. Um, I had already done, I think, a couple of of TEDx's at that point and produced one show at that point. But there was a point when I launched the leadership coaching part of the company where I wanted to bring an element of it where we can talk about leadership, right? And so I came up with uh, the notion that if I build a podcast – as a platform to be able to disseminate some of the leadership concepts that I do. I didn't build it as a platform to go and and say like, hey, um, this is going to be a thing that's going to get me on the radio and I'll make a ton of money or whatever. It It was never about that. It was just an extension of my leadership division, leadership coaching division uh but i put a lot of thought into it you know i i <laughs> it was 6 months before i pulled the trigger on it after doing a tremendous amount of work putting the show together from an equipment technical aspect uh from a logistics aspect for interviews from um a physical aspect building a studio in my office uh and then of course from a content aspect building a podcast that i would be proud of that is worthy of the the type of work that i do and and put out um and once it all came together and we launched, it was very quick that we discovered that this thing had some legs and that people were really enjoying what was coming out of it. And so very soon after launching it, it actually separated off from just being an extension of the uh, the leadership coaching stuff to its own entity, a leadership podcast. The LaunchCast is a podcast where we do long-form interviews and we talk about Leadership and unconventional journeys to leadership. We interview leaders out there. Greg Reed that was in this room, uh, best-selling author, producer of the Wishman movie on Netflix, um, connector extraordinaire. Uh, He was a guest on my podcast, one of our our favorite episodes, right? And um, people like that have come and they've told us their unconventional journeys to getting to the leadership position that they're in now. And people dig it. Um, People uh, became fans of the show and the business of the show became its own business in and of itself, right? We have sponsors for every episode. It's a, it's a whole thing. So if you wanted to pick my brain on podcasting, Sue, um, I'm always willing to talk, just, you know, follow me on Instagram. I think you said you did, um, and, and DM me and we can, we can chat, we can set up a zoom, but, um, you know, this is, uh, this is, a it's an enjoyable business. We're live on here now on the podcast. As I mentioned, the in the, in the notes here to the, uh, the clubhouse room. And, and I'm going to reiterate, as I said, a couple of times during the episode, we are recording now, and this is going to be part of episode two Oh seven, our next episode that goes live on Monday. So, um, you know, everybody jumping into, into this room is obviously giving me permission to air this. And if you have stuff to share, please just hop on, uh, DM me and send me any links that you want to share if you have spoken, uh, in this room. And so anybody else that does want to, uh, speak beside Sue. Just raise your hand, and I'll I'll bring you up here before we wrap up. But yeah, Sue, that's that's sort of the deal. And this episode in particular, um, you know, I'll tag you on your stuff if you want to send me your links and and uh, and DM me. But this episode in particular is is really cool because this segment is actually following an interview we did with another podcast. We interviewed two of the hosts of a podcast called Sanity is Overrated. Uh, two of my friends that that host that, and we actually talked about you know, the importance of podcasting, the business of podcasting, how to, how their podcast was built and, and whatever. So great, great episode for you to listen to when, when it goes live on Monday, if you're interested. So again, I'm here as a resource to reach out if you need. Okay.
7: Thank you, George. I will. um, I really appreciate being invited into the room and invited to just say who I am and, and how I'm looking at this Um, as a newbie. This is exciting for me, and I'm I'm learning. I'm getting my wings in uh, this new venue. So, thank you.
0: Absolutely, thanks, Sue. Uh, I'm going to wind up closing out this room because uh, no more questions. Nobody else is raising their hands. We had a nice 26 minute segment here that we're going to add to the new episode of the Launchcast. So, guys, again, reach out to me, DM me uh, if you have spoken. Um and send me your links that I can share for you in the show notes. And this will go live Monday uh at 6 a.m. on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh iHeartRadio, Pandora, all all the platforms. So thanks for joining me, guys. I'm gonna close out the room now and uh, follow me and we'll you know we'll connect again. Get that another clubhouse. Another clubhouse segment. I'm I'm having a lot of fun with these. These are these are really cool. Um, and and next week I'm actually going to try a room within one of the groups that I belong to. There's some groups within uh, clubhouse that that uh, you can start um, clubhouse chats within those groups to to include only those people. And so I'm going to try one of those next week. You know, we're changing it up. We're trying different things. So thanks for listening to the clubhouse segment, and uh, let's close out the show. All right, guys, another great episode of the LaunchCast. At least I think it was great. I hope you thought it was great. Join us every single Monday, 6 a.m., Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeart, TuneIn. You know the deal. See you next week, guys.
3: Into the black hole.
0: Thanks for listening to The Launchcast today. Please make sure to subscribe to this feed wherever podcasts are available. Follow me, George Andriopoulos, at Launchpad CEO on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And make sure to visit our website, guys, thelaunchcast.com. Looking forward to the next episode. See you soon, guys.